Hello and welcome to 353rd. I'm Anders Brownworth. And I'm Scott Barstow. Scott, we have lots of exciting, thrill-packed topics today. Television, as, as we always. always. Yes, I right. Uh, television. Television. We've talked a little bit about television in the past, as you have reminded me. We are seeing signs, maybe, of a little bit of a turn, which I, I welcome myself, because I like to see this kind of thing get churned up and mixed up. But you were uh, speaking about a Wall Street Journal story that that piqued some interest in you. Uh, do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, so I think there was a there was an article this this past week in the Wall Street Journal that talked about viewership. Uh, just TV viewership in general, and I think the the stat that jumped off the page, excuse me, jumped off the page at me, is among eighteen to twenty four year olds, TV viewing has dropped thirty two percent since two thousand ten. That doesn't mean, of course, that people are watching less video. Yeah, what it means is the the stat was about traditional TV, so right. turning on the television and watching something as it's being broadcast over the air or via cable or whatever so watching something as uh at the time that the network or the content producer wants you to watch it traditional tv can can we can we not say though that the average viewer has a dvr well i think they do by now especially if you're any kind of cable subscriber or dish or whatever you've got at least one dvr in your house if not if not more can I, I, so, what I don't know is how the how Nielsen yeah. uh, ranks. You know, if I if I DVR a show, does that count as a view or? Uh, you have to watch I, it within a certain amount of time. Okay, uh, that's that's so they count. So well, I you know, not necessarily just Nielsen, but they count when you you know, they count what you DVR, and then they count if you watch it within a certain amount of time, and then it's considered a a watch or a view. Um, let me just say that that I think DVRs have been the life, like lifeline, of the cable industry. If it were not for DVRs, cable would have gone many, many, many years ago, and people would be I, I watching stuff over the net. Yeah, uh, and and of course, DVRs were painted as the you know the just the bleeding dry of the cable industry because people could skip commercials, and sure enough. People are still throwing many, many, many millions of dollars after television advertising campaigns for a good reason, because obviously they work. Uh, one of the things, though, that we, when you look at this, you, you have to consider that traditionally, and, and I mean, even back in the day, the Nielsen families, it was very questionable, I'll just say, that whether or not a Nielsen family was actually representing a a significant group and if they were actually not lying when they so the way this happened is nielsen would have a bunch of uh boxes nielsen boxes around and they would have families write down uh you know this box would track what show what tv station they're on and they would write down what shows they watched and if these, you know, very small percentage of hopefully representative people uh, showed that certain shows were being watched, that's that's how uh, show uh, you know stations would decide whether or not a a pilot 
that that ran actually turned into a full season and and what advertising rates uh were and how they were set and stuff like that and now of course with the you know just fast forward a few years to the dvr era starting really with tivo and replay tv back in the late 90s suddenly you had this way to not not exactly just tell you know whether or not the the show was being watched but you know, what's being saved and, and there's this whole rich, uh, chunk of information. Um, and the reason I say that the DVR is the back stop there is because in, in my opinion, I've been seeing this little trend happen. People like to binge watch when people get Netflix, they find a new show they watch episode after episode after episode after episode. And it's just this amazing uh, run of the same content over and over and over until you've binged watched up to real time or, or the whole thing or, or whatever it is. And the DVR was sort of allowing that to start. Not, not totally, but I mean, you know, I got to think again back in 1998 or whenever uh, TiVo kind of really hit the stage uh, that allowed you to do that. You could record all first runs and then, you know, kind of binge watch them in a set. Now you have the internet. And so people are watching the way they want to watch, which seems to be binge watching things, even stuff that's very, very old content. And that's very counter to the traditional broadcast model, which is 8 PM. We're showing this TV show or this movie and everybody tunes in. And if you don't tune in at eight, you don't see it from the beginning or you don't see it. Um, so huge quantum shift going on. If you consider that 18 year olds are, are dropping off, it's been a hard demographic. You know, you look at TV viewers and they're all, they're all older. They're old people that care about these, you know, TV shows like us that were on in the eighties that we have some kind of, you know, nostalgic, you know, uh, attached to. So I think, you know, th they're seeing this and when you're seeing this, of course, as a leading indicator of, of what's happening. Um, I would say though, that if you, uh, look at what's happening with Netflix, uh, and other studios, I'm calling it a studio because they go and they, f they sponsor shows to be made just for Netflix. Uh, and then they, they aggregate, of course, a lot of other content from other areas. Uh, and, and then there's a number of players like this. Amazon is doing something similar to this, although not nearly to the degree Netflix is Netflix is like the big, uh, mains main, uh, you know, guiding light there. And then you have, so you've got that business model, which we're arguing now because people tend to binge watch is, 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 you know, a, a significant way to, to, uh, kind of house content, uh, versus the ESPNs of the world and the live, uh, sports, which would be the other lifeline, probably the more significant lifeline that cable has right now. Um, you were reading something about ESPN. I was, there was, so there was an article in Bloomberg last week yeah. where they talked about how ESPN has been dumping their more high profile, uh, personalities. And, it, uh, the article referenced back to them getting rid of, uh, Keith Olbermann, which is of course was a big dust up. And, <laughs> uh, and then lately, 
uh, Callan Cowherd left. Yeah. And the scuttlebutt is that, uh, that these guys are getting either more money elsewhere or ESPN is unwilling to pay them kind of market rates yeah. at this point because the, it's unclear to ESPN where the subscribers are going to come from in the future. And I think the I think you're right about two things in your uh, uh, that you were just talking about. Yes, in your uh, poetic waxation. <laughs> um, I think the 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 first thing is that they're uh, the era of binge watching or just uh, sort of consuming the show. All of a, all of a particular show's yeah. episodes coming out at once. And then you yeah. being able to schedule when you watch that, even if it's you know I watch one a week because I want that I want to harken well, back. To, I want to yeah. harken back to the day where that's how, <laughs> that's how you know that's how I, that's how we had to watch yeah. it. We had to wait for the episode, or you sit down on a Saturday afternoon and just pound through. Yeah, you know, three four show years after worth. show after yeah, show. Exactly. I think it's either way. the The big thing is that. Uh, it's now people are wanting to watch it, watch things when they want to watch. And I think the skipping of commercials is sort of a, I don't know that that it's not that people are, I don't feel like it's so much about skipping commercials yeah. as it is about watching stuff when you want to watch it. Yes, absolutely. I think the, people would be yeah. willing to watch you know, a commercial here and there. The skipping and, of the commercials the is, is a Hulu. red herring. The evidence yeah. is Hulu That's where... Right. You pay, you know, you pay a subscription. You still have to watch some commercials, but you're getting the network shows a day later or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And for instance, we watch uh, a good example of this is that we watch uh, as a family. We watch The Amazing Race. Yeah. And so we'll watch like back seasons of The Amazing Race. Yeah. Uh, you know that aired two three years ago, and that's uh, that's only on Hulu. Yeah. And we're fine. I mean, I would prefer not to watch commercials, but I'll watch a commercial because you still don't see as many. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, I it's get killing to watch, me though. Yeah. I don't get to, I, I get to watch the, you know, the amazing race when I want to watch it. I think the, the thing with ESPN, this is the, I'm interested to see what happens with live sports because it feels like, you know, the, the presentation of live sports is really the last thing that's going to fall. Yeah, it's the last shoe to um, drop from the, the network. Yeah, uh, and I yeah. don't know. Here's what I think will be fun is can you get what's going to be the first big sporting event, whether yeah. that's, let's say, Wimbledon or the French Open or yeah. you know something that's not the Super Bowl, which yes. will be the last the thing last to go. The last one to go, right. That is going but to be something the... that's, you know, a big event, but not, you know, it could be a rugby championship. I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. The thing that, well, what what's, about, going, like, to be the, what's going to be the first of... event that says, we're only showing this on YouTube. What about or like a Mike Tyson fight? Not Mike Tyson, but like a boxing big event could like be. that. Yeah, Because I be. could see HBO selling, you know, selling tickets to that on online and, and that's the old that's the old boxing is a good one or uh maybe even um uh don't like say wwf no, oh, no, yeah not, right uh, but, uh mixed uh, martial arts yeah mixed MMA. martial arts mma yeah because that fits the internet model of pay-per-view yeah uh very easily so i pay my subscription or i pay to i pay 20 bucks and i can watch the event and i think but it will be more interesting and it's going to happen in the next you know, a couple of years that there's going to be some event 
where they say we're only showing this over the internet and or maybe even Netflix does a live broadcast or yeah. Amazon does a live broadcast somebody that has some deep pockets yeah mm-hmm. steps in and says okay, we're going to we'll take this it. and yeah. we're going to put it on the net and that's going to be the only place you can watch it yeah well and we're already seeing things that, that will tip the tide well, we're uh, already seeing things that are already only on the net, Netflix oh, sure. original series. So, but what you're talking about is a big live event where you cannot get it on uh, on cable. I would on think broadcast TV. That's or right. Broadcast TV. I would say though that you'll see both happen. Like you'll see it on the net and on broadcast TV. I don't think you're going to find a, uh, you know, I don't think the first thing to happen is going to be a major sporting event that only happens on the net. Yeah, maybe it's both and. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, and then eventually, it's they figure out how many viewers watched you know over the air versus online, and it starts to move that way. I don't really know, but yeah. I think the um, that feels like the last thing to fall, just because it's very it's very expensive, you know, yeah. to bring the crew to the event and make that event compelling. In it's very different than shooting a show in a studio. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's really interesting. I think the other uh, the other thing is, and it, it was talked about in this Wall Street Journal article, is there's really like for instance, my kids watch very little TV, but my daughter loves watching these YouTube personalities, yeah. and so there's mm-hmm. now you've got things like VidCon, which is going on actually, yeah, uh, went on over the past weekend, yeah, and you've got these major personalities that. Um, my daughter would, uh, she's like, I want to go to Anaheim yeah. and go to VidCon. I want to go meet these people. Yeah. And uh-huh. so you have accessibility um, because you know, that's not going to happen with the stars of some modern era TV show. They're not sure. going to show up at some conference. and. Well, they may, uh, but it's going to be rare. They would do that only in the first season. Once it's big time, yeah. uh, They just that's not how Hollywood works. Yeah. Uh, they're, not, they're not going to person to person. They're they're yeah. right. They're making. So there's this whole other, yeah, uh, this mm-hmm. whole other groundswell besides what's happening with Netflix and Amazon of watching, you know, five to seven to ten minute videos at a time uh-huh. from somebody who's got their own channel and and these people are making a lot of money. Yeah, they uh, are. So YouTube but, channel. Yeah, let's look at the economics of that. So. Clearly, like, let's compare and contrast that to something like the Big Bang Theory on TV. Mm-hmm. So this is a science-oriented show, I guess you might say, a little bit. Uh, it's a sitcom. It's a, it's has writers. It's a classic sitcom. Uh, and, and it's been running for a few years. It's gotten quite popular. It's a bit nerdy. That, you know, it costs a lot of money to make. I mean, they have... You know, they they have really nice sets and everything is is very, you know, kind of well done and, and well thought through and researched versus your 10 minute video on YouTube by so, you know, such and such some person that uh, heretofore was totally unknown. That person has probably learned how to edit a little bit, learned uh, what the deal is with cameras and lighting and, and microphones, and they've put together a show so they've they've started to create content where the cost to do this is 
obviously a lot less than a major television show. So they're able to do it on a, you know, arguably a, a shoestring budget compared to the big show. So when you look at what they make in YouTube, I mean, some of these people are making over a million dollars a year, not, not, not most, but, but a few. Um, so that means that there's a long tail of many people that make, uh, you know, 20, 20,000 a year, or, you know, some, some smaller fee, but still nothing to laugh at. Yeah. Um, so all of these people are doing this because they suddenly have this opening and it, that opening has been created by a website that is able to monetize at least for the short term, uh, on ads, their content. And so they're making these shows that, uh, that have a very low barrier to entry, but still get, uh, you know, because they can have that uh, much more direct connection to the audience, uh, they, they still become the things that, uh, you know, younger people connect with. And uh, they, they are, are stars in their eyes, just like somebody on television might be. Um, they just didn't have to be, win the lucky lottery ticket to be chosen as a show on the main network. Uh, yeah, I think that's station. key. I think the the thing you just said is key. Nobody had to choose them. There wasn't some casting, you know, casting director that said, "Oh, you're the exact person that we need to make this show." Right. They created their own space and yeah. uh, and have made a name for themselves. And I think the for me the the thing that I love to see. I love to see articles like, and you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, I love to see articles about ESPN struggling. I love to see articles about yeah. people leaving cable because what it means is in the near term, it's going to be ugly. We'll probably end up paying more in the near term mm -hmm. uh, because while everybody figures out you know, how much they can charge per month for a service or what the right pricing model is, there's a good chance that uh, the consumer will pay a price in the near term. Yeah, but in the long term, uh, there's there's no question that watching things when you want to watch them and how you want to watch them is obviously the future. Yeah, and I think the when you see you know companies like Netflix, uh, Netflix is a they're a remarkable company on so many fronts. The, the the number of innovations that they've spawned is just remarkable. Yeah, and I think the they're probably in my mind, they're one of the top five companies of, of the modern era because wow. of what they've been able to pull off okay. in just disruption and innovation tech, uh, on the tech side and what they've been able to do in broadcast over the internet. They've really set the standard. Yeah. And I think the, what, we're, what we're going to see is you know, when, they're, when they're paying you know, 2 to $3 million an episode for shows like House of Cards, yeah. and they're producing absolutely top shelf content and i'm watching a show on netflix uh, right now that i think you would love and probably a lot of people who listen to this show would, would love it's called halt and catch fire oh absolutely it's a fantastic <laughs> show that, it's an amc show it's an amc show exactly that's that's right. uh it's running now on amc on netflix yeah but that's the like that's a great example i'm watching i'm fine to watch that show a year after the episodes air for sure because yeah. it doesn't it matter. doesn't matter there's yeah. no timeliness to that show it's about the computer well, let's just talk about this show in the early a, 80s yeah, yeah let's let's talk about this so the this is a show that has struck upon something that 
maybe I'm a minority, I don't know, but growing up with computers, we're a part of this weird, I think I've spoken about this before, we're part of this weird generation where um, we started out decidedly in a world without computers, and we we have moved into a, a world decidedly with computers, but we, and the age that we are at, we're easily able to adjust and and you know take it up. So that's a probably a five to ten year little swath of time uh, in in generations here. People older than us never really got, never really used computers at the core of everything they did. And everybody after us all used computers or considered computer literate would be like a a standard thing. Right. So we come from that little swath in time and then if you look at halt and catch fire this is a show that is uh about the beginnings of the computer the basically the pc revolution where you had people effectively building little computers in their garage and selling it to many many people um and they were terrible you know black screen with a blinking cursor type computers uh, but it it harkens back to this age where the beige box was like the, the top of the state of the art. Uh, there was almost no consideration done in terms of uh, trying to make something aesthetic and that's right. Uh, you know, like a nice piece of hardware to that, that somebody other than a computer hardware engineer could appreciate. Um, and so you've using that as a, um, like a like a backdrop this drama show has been written um and it you get to see i mean back in the day the well it's kind of also still happens today but uh the computer industry just has had a cycle time of like three years you go from inception to market breaking product to bust in you know three to five years so you had all of these tiny little computer companies that that started up and you know, had fantastic sales for a very short time and then just sort of disappeared. Absolute flame outs. Totally. And so you're yeah. watching this TV show and it's basically the same people that are in, that are c- together doing one project, the thing flames out. And then a few years later, you find them back, you know, in different degrees in another project, trying to do the same, chasing the dream, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It's and so the, compelling. the great thing about it is the great thing about this show is that, uh, yeah, first of all, if you haven't watched it, it's a absolute it's an absolute must watch. Yeah, uh, it it's worth watching even if you didn't live through that era. It's just the storytelling is really good. Yeah. Um and the but I love the 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 war between uh you know, everybody working for IBM. Yeah. That's and, right. And then you have <clears throat> the rest of the so the war you know, all these people came out of IBM or Texas Instruments. And there were these brilliant hardware engineers, and they're like, yeah. "Well, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to build my, I'm going to build this in the garage." And um, yeah, and they go do it. It's awesome. And they go do it. But then you have, and it's not, it's not dissimilar from what goes on today. It's just the companies are different. So if you're a top shelf engineer today, that company is Google or Facebook. Yeah, that's coming calling, and they've got the deep pockets, and they're doing all of the big, interesting, supposedly interesting projects that you just have to be a part of. Yeah, 
And in this era, it was IBM who was building. That's right. Yeah. They were building the first personal computers and they were building the first portable computer. And the war is between these people working out of their garage. Yeah. And, and those guys. And IBM. Yeah. And it's just this great storytelling. It's amazing and, because like they could stay ahead of the IBMs of the world because they could be a little bit more nimble and do something you know, interesting, like put chips on both sides of the board to deal with heat. Uh, whereas a big company like IBM, it would cost, you know, a year or two or more of redesign to, to, you know, do something like that. So they were winning on being nimble, essentially. Yeah. And it still happens. It's the same story as today. It's just yeah. that hardware is really no longer relevant well, uh, it's in relevant. the day to day. It is, but it's nobody thinks about it the well, way you did back then. That's nobody true. thinks about, Oh my gosh! I can go from, you know, six forty k of RAM to nobody's hardware know, spec driven. That's I think. right. So because it's of like, just like the, it's the a, argument it's, would be, Apple. it's an assumed. Yeah, the argument would be Apple, who is arguably <laughs> nailing hardware. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, versus you know your your plinky dink like you know Android phone that sort of looks nice, but uh, not all the features, not all the hardware is is a hundred percent right. But I think the anyway, great show. Yeah, worth it is. watching. We got um, way off track. Holy cow! Yeah, but uh, worth getting off track. That's that's such yeah, a, good a good show. show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Um, uh, but anyway, back to the back to the the content side of things, and yeah. where uh, I'm really excited to see just the you know these companies continue to struggle because out of that comes innovation, and ESPN has had this remarkable run. They themselves were sort of the poster child for yeah. cable TV. Yeah, and uh, you remember they, when it was there was no it was all over the air yeah. and and nobody thought anybody would care about this dink station that only, right. was only going to show sports. Yeah. And now it's funny, you know, 25 30 years later, they're the ones that are on the other end of That's right. uh, of the of the pointy tip of the sword so to speak, and they're the ones that are now being challenged by these new business models and the new way of doing things. Yeah. And they're having a really hard time figuring out where to go. I think HBO is, is figured it out as they always do. They figured it out earlier than everybody else. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, uh, and so I think you've got these devices like Apple TV and Google TV. And these are the things, if you're in your house, yeah. you know, these are the devices along with just streaming stuff straight off of your, I, you know, your iPhone or whatever it ends up being. <clears throat> um, these yeah. are the, this is the way we're going to consume things from here on, uh, at least over the next 10 years or whatever, until something better comes along. So, so ESPN is an interesting uh, uh, thing here because of ESPN 360. Now, they have taken a number of attempts, a number of whacks at trying to do deals that that meet the you know the new media kind of an idea and if you look at what they did with espn 360 i believe this was only an exclusive deal with verizon you could probably correct me if i'm wrong um and they they made a it means had to do obviously with their uh verizon's attempt to be more relevant than just the data pipe they want to be the triple play the yep. the telephone the internet and the the tv so they made an espn you know a certain subset of content from espn available 
at ESPN360.com. So if you're a Verizon, if you have uh, Fios. I have Fios here. So if I go to ESPN360, I can see some live stuff and some back games or what of whatnot of a couple of different sports, a bunch of different sports. I'm not exactly the sports watcher, so I couldn't really care less if I tried. But um, I understand that they, they don't show absolutely ever certainly not the uh the super bowl well espn doesn't run the super bowl anyway not yet but they yeah not yet um I, they don't show everything uh which right. which is really what it's almost a like a like a, a necessary piece you can't have you know we're gonna kind of bumble along in this world where there's uh you know fractured content some stuff is only available on hulu ESPN has some stuff that you can see HBO and Netflix and they're all kind of the catalogs are not really full. Um, and then like you said, we're going to end up paying a lot more money, which I am paying for HBO, uh, you know, an HBO, uh, what is HBO go kind of thing. That's right. And then, uh, Netflix paying for that. And then Hulu paying for that. Yeah. All the little, I'm not paying for, I have a philosophical problem with Hulu. I cannot pay and watch ads. I'm just going to might as well shoot myself in the head. Very, you know, uh, very, uh, (laughs) like sick to death of that. Um, but, but in any case, you know, I can't say that I never do that because I pay for the wall street journal yet. It has ads. That's right. Uh, so, and you pay for cable. Uh, and yeah, I don't remind me. Um, <laughs> no, the cable I think is the, terrible. I think you're right. I think the it's going to be this weird, yeah, amalgam, yeah, environment for the for the next few years. And uh, um, I think your point about uh, ESPN 360, which is now Watch ESPN, oh. uh, they've got this. Uh, right now, you still have to have a subscription somewhere. So you either have to have a cable subscription, or you have like you have, you have to have a subscription with a preferred provider in order to watch the content. But I know so many people who, you know, one of their friends has a cable subscription and they all watch ESPN three or watch ESPN. And so they, you're starting to see, it's like the old uh, days of Napster when everybody started downloading music, you know, everybody knew it was probably, everybody knew it was illegal and probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. But they, everybody knew that that was the future of music, and so you took your chances. And that's the, we're kind of going through that era in video and content now where um, people are just starting to say, you know what, I'm tired of paying for this stuff, and I'm going to do it my own way until a reasonable alternative comes along. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat. Cannot wait to see what happens with this whole thing because it seems like this is a old media that should have died 20 years ago or 15 years ago or something like that. Uh, the 2000s should not have been full of TV, um, nope. but it has been you know on the on the flip side a remarkable renaissance that's happened in TV. You've seen all these movie actors that have come over and. Uh, started making basically high budget TV shows, and some of the stuff is just absolutely fantastic content, great content. Yeah. And I would argue that Hollywood or the movie industry has actually gone backwards. Yeah. So you're seeing very few original things happening in the theater now. Uh, it's yeah. much more, 
hey, let's run a, another Marvel Comics movie Ugh, yeah. uh, because we know that you know kids will show up and watch it. Yeah, and well, it's all so re- the, all rehash, of the all of right? the really interesting stuff I think is happening. Uh, you know, on Netflix, on HBO, all the kind of the cutting edge stuff, whether it's True Detective, Halt yeah. and Catch Fire. I guess that's still that's an AMC show. Yeah. But the, all the interesting things seem to be happening in TV right now. What what we would call TV, which is not really, it's more like series, yeah. uh, series content rather than, you know, feature film content. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that like, uh, you know, a TV show, say New Girl, for example, um, or, or the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, two shows that that Netflix uh, paid for. These shows are still engineered as if they would run on television with ads, uh, but they are, you know, bought for. They are paid for by Netflix to be shown on Netflix, and they get released. And, and another show that fits this is uh, the Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Um, reboot. Uh, so all of these shows are still made in the, uh, you know, as a 22 minute or something for a half hour slot yep. uh, with, with breaks for commercials, a little kind of touches black for just a second, uh, a couple of places in the show, just so that you could drop commercials in there and run it on network television. If you were so motivated, it's kind of a funny little vestigial tale in a sense, because some of the shows, uh, could, you know, could do to be a little bit longer and maybe some could do to be slightly shorter yet. They're still engineered to hit 22 minutes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird period. Interstitial area. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what happens with this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah. Uh, so Good sign stuff. me up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, till next time, we will see you guys later.